Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us for another never-ending gospel lesson. It's uh, Gospel Infinity, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's permanent, it's permanent. Um, yeah, it's it's our regular... But where, where, where are we? We're yeah, <laughs> we're we're fourteen. So, how far do we have to sixteen? So, somewhere around the end of school. Yeah, somewhere late twenty-four. I think we'll pick up Mark fourteen sixty six. Why do we do stupid things? Yeah. No, but that's what I say. Why, why do we do stupid things? Peter is going to do a very stupid thing. And again, this I think just harkens to the reality of this night, this moment. Everything has gone sideways. It's all falling apart. Peter's trying to do something good, but it's, it's, it's a mess. So I definitely see myself in this. I, I hope you can too. Um, it's in those little things that we sometimes are very, very unfaithful. So big question for us to think about today. How do you honestly react when God doesn't do what you expect or want or even need? Honestly, how do you do that? Emotionally, behaviorally, what what, what do you do? So let's chew on that and get started with the scripture. So meanwhile... Uh, Jesus is obviously going from one sham court to another. Um, he's going to be convicted no matter what he does, but he's, in a sense, incredibly faithful, as we would expect. He's holding to the truth. He's holding to what it is. He's not playing their games. And in contrast, we have Peter was in the courtyard below. So... Peter is outside the high priest Caiaphas's house. Now, how did Peter get there? Followed from a distance. Yeah. Now, the other disciples are there with him, right? No. So, on the one hand, Peter's trying, right? He's he's followed. Um, He's hopefully looking for his moment, right? He either uh, maybe could bust Jesus out. I don't know. You know, go go full on uh, Western and you know bust your friend out of the the Huskow, or maybe serve as a witness. So he's not just a complete coward. In fact, of all the disciples, you know, Jesus said they will scatter. Peter hasn't. Peter's still trying to. Be in this game. But he obviously doesn't have a plan. 
he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. He's just sort of going on instinct, I think, here. And then the part that we all know well. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. So again, uh, a lot of commotion at the high priest's house. Uh, Jerusalem actually can be a little cold um, at night uh, in uh, early spring. So they've got a fire probably to, to show everybody where to go, to keep things warm, and a servant girl. And I think this catches Peter off guard. If it had been maybe one of those worthless temple guards or maybe uh, some smug uh, Sadducee, but it's just a little girl. It's, and you know, we can't say this in other circumstances, but it's not even a servant boy. It's just a servant girl. Yeah, it's just this, this is no threat to him. At least on the surface. She came by and noticed Peter warming himself by the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. Now this is interesting. How does she know that? Or how does she suspect that? Mm, yeah. Yeah. This has been a topic of conversation, apparently in the high priest's house, to such an extent that even the lowly servants, the servant girls, uh, kind of know. Oh, we watch out for that guy. Oh, well, there, there, there he is. Oh, we saw him. Uh, you know, just speculating, but I wonder if she had been sent out to spy or. Um, there, there's a little more to the story that we don't get, but uh, certainly Jesus is making impact in Jerusalem. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And we, he just went into the entryway. Just then a rooster crowed. So realistically, what just happened? Right, yeah. Not for the first time a pushy girl caused a problem. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think, literally one of those things like a movie where you're trying to hide, right? And then the kid noticed you and said, you know, because presumably if the fire is there, who else is there? Yeah, guards, other people that are, you know, really not paying attention to you. And this girl's like, hey, aren't you guys from the poster? Um, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, uh, shh, go away, kid. Uh, what, what, what do you do? So what would have happened if Peter said, absolutely, I'm his number one disciple? Yeah. 
He'd been arrested, drug in there. So obviously he doesn't want that, but does he want that? It would have been a whole different view of Peter if he had been in trial with Jesus. Um, but on the other hand, can you really appreciate just, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to get here. You know, I was just following. I, I, I got to figure out what to do. I need a minute. And she's bothering me. She's she's a kid. I'm probably um, overanalyzing this, so you can disregard me. But I wonder if Jesus' comments about the children came back to Peter. You know, they had that episode where the rabbi shouldn't be bothered by children because they're kind of the least of these. And Jesus said, let them come to me. And then here, you know, I'm trying to be incognito to figure out what to do. And here is this girl, you know, shh, go away. But what should Peter have done? Yeah. I mean, this is this is hard, and I really want us never to view this as just reading a script. This is not just oh, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this ugly reality of who we are, right? In the one moment, we can give our lives to Jesus. And the next minute, uh, caught off guard, scared, upset, and will, because of a girl, little girl, and the threat, deny him. It's uh, it's the ugly side of, of human nature. I wonder if he heard the rooster crow. Um, obviously, it's getting uh, late in the night, early towards morning, and the Gospels will pick up that as morning comes, and 15, Jesus is hauled off. So this has been a long night, a shocking night. My mom says he began to weep, so I, I assume, I've always assumed that he did. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he has publicly uh, denied Jesus. So what's what's changed in him, or what? What's because this is where I really think Mark wants us to to stir. How how is this happening? Peter consistently has been the bold. I mean, he's the one that got out of the boat. He's the one that tried to cut the ear off. Um, he's been headstrong, jump in before, and now he's he's here, but he's hesitant. I, I, yeah. His, his perception of what the Messiah should be, even though Jesus has told him countless times, all of a sudden, oh, now he just got arrested, doubt starts to creep in, yes. and maybe I was wrong. And so he's just struggling with that 
his worldview is finally collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right on. I don't think it helped matters at all that Jesus or Jesus had stopped Peter from killing the guards. Um, he he's second guessing himself now, right? I, I I don't know what 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 does he want? What does he want? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to decide, and you know, I'm suddenly being exposed. Um, what does it take for us to deny Jesus? Yeah. Maybe to some extent, the whole time he felt like he was a body. Yeah. There at the last minute, he's ready to go to town on these soldiers. He's just all off. He's like, wait a minute, am I not a Right. What am I? Right. Well, that's really good. I, I'm going to steal that. Thank you. Um, Peter the bodyguard. Yeah. If you watch The Chosen, that's kind of. Peter is portrayed as kind of the. I don't know, he's the snarky, conniving guy. Yeah. Too. But, but he's also always, where's Jesus? You know, let's go find him. Let's go find him. <laughs> you know, next time I preach a sermon, that's the title I'm using. Uh, from Eve to Peter, listening to women and the doom it causes. So <laughs> that'll be my last sermon series, by the way. <laughs> We're not recording this, are we? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. There's another element to this. I've talked about it before, so hopefully it's familiar. But um, one of the huge debates uh, in Jesus' day amongst rabbis was how to get a divorce. So you have a very conservative approach to how to get a divorce and then a very Pharisee uh, way to get a divorce. And they're, they're kind of backwards. In the old days... Um, the Talmud famously says, uh, if you come home and your wife has prepared a meal that is not to your liking, you simply have to say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. Get out. Kids are mine, crap's mine, get out. In which case, this woman is divorced and she's cast out. So this really shows kind of, uh, it, it wasn't great for the ladies. The Pharisees on their hand think, oh no, we can't do that, it's wrong. Um, she has to have a get. A get is a certificate of divorce, in which case she's allowed to get married. So this debate goes back and forth. What do you have to do? What do you have to do? Uh, as strange as it sounds, um, Jesus never a fan of divorce, but he seems... And, and, and I don't want to overstate this, but he seems to be leaning more towards uh, the Shammai side, um, partially because of where he's from in Galilee. But so in Galilee, how you would get a divorce is I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. So I think that's running in Peter's mind that I'm going to, in a sense, divorce my rabbi. I'm going to publicly deny him. This is unthinkable. Uh, it is such a particular honor to be called to be a disciple. Peter took this as something important to be, even become the bodyguard, right? And now, almost like he can't stop himself, he's publicly, and this is how you would 
sort of have to do it, uh, denouncing, divorcing Jesus. And it's, it's bad. <laughs> so, uh, our young sweet lady here, um, continues 69. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. <laughs> so again, you're like, shut up. <laughs> um, and Peter would have saved his faith, right? <laughs> Where's the stick? Um, this is, uh, this is a pushy little girl, but, uh, Peter denied it again. So really before he could act, think, come up with a plan, do anything, it's falling apart. A little later, some other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be uh, one of them because you are a Galilean. So how do they know he's a Galilean? Yeah, he's he's got an accent. Uh, there is actually quite a bit about uh, a Galilean accent, the... We call it the Palestinian Aramaic today, which is a little misnomer. But uh, remember, he's not from Judah, where he is now, proper. Uh, he grew up outside of the country, um, sort of like if you're in Israel today and somebody was there from New York, uh, you could tell pretty quickly. Eh. I've always been very interested in what exactly were the telltale signs of speech. And uh, the long story made short, the Galileans have a tendency to slur. That's what the Talmud says. Um, and they tend to drop endings. Uh, one of the things that's very interesting for us, when they actually refer to uh, Jesus in the Talmud, when they um, talk about the name Yeshua from Galilee, they always say Yeshu, uh, which is interesting for us, right? Because that very well could have been what Jesus went by. The, the formal is Yeshua, the way they would say in Galilee. But Yeshu uh, is how they're saying they said it in Galilee. I wonder, because the construct of the word Eusus, is a, which is the Greek rendering of Yeshua, is a very strange construct. Um, it, it, it doesn't... It doesn't follow the Joshua pattern that we would expect. Anyway, I, I obsess about this stuff too much. But it's just that kind of stuff uh, that I think gives it the, the, the real touch. Um, Peter could have just known him as, you know, Yeshu. Um, but whatever it is, Peter can't hide who he is. Um, and... At this day, to be called a Galilean uh, should have been a great honor um, to to be able to proclaim Jesus. 71, Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. 
Suddenly, Jesus' words flash through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and he wept. And presumably he left um, that they didn't grab him or get a hold of him. Such a sad, broken, understandable, if inexcusable, thing. I mean, he basically swore uh, in God's name, I don't know him. I don't know him. And again, none of this was really thought out or planned or... You know, I think if Peter, or what do you think? If Peter had been dragged in front of the high priest, do you think he would have done this? Probably. They were focused on Jesus. Yeah. I think in a, in a way it almost would be easier in front of a court to say, no, I believe in Jesus. You know, it's it's the setting. It's where you expect it, right? It's it's the, the stage, the lights, they're all there. Oh, I believe in Jesus. But in a moment when you're scared and nervous and not sure what to do and it's all falling apart and this kid and, and the people in my accent, and, ah, um, what do you, what, what do you do? How many people do we know that in crisis of faith reject faith? Everyone? Yeah. I do think I can see Peter being involved. You know, he's got the story of Daniel in his mind. He's got the story yeah. of Jack fed to go in his mind. So before the court, I think he probably would have been He was there. He was trying to do something. But then there's this little girl. He's like, yeah, come on. Just telling her what she wants to make her go away. You know, it's not until the last one he goes, whoa. What have I done? Yeah. yeah. And in Matthew, it's three different people. It's not just the one Person. Right. He kind of describes it. Matthew or Mark kind of describes everything that happened, but as if it was one person. Yeah, it's it's the recollection of the disciples and the differences. Although it raises an interesting question: How did the story get out? Little girl won't keep him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. She's on Facebook. And tonight, I, <laughs> I, I think so. I think uh, Peter had to, to spell the beans uh, about this. Uh, you know, everybody went every which way. Uh, and they're like, Peter, what did, what did you do? So there's a, a great degree of honesty uh, that Peter... Is, is willing to admit his lowest point. Uh, he he publicly denied Jesus in front of a crowd of people around a fire. Um, not that it would have changed the world if, well, I shouldn't say that, but um, it didn't seem like a scenario where it would make much difference. But he, he got caught up in it. So I think Jesus' warning to us, it doesn't take but a few minutes for you all to deny me. I think two things. Um, if you've ever had a, a scenario where God has not done what you think you desperately need him to do, we're in danger of this. 
And I think it's a great story to hold on to. You know, you pray for somebody to get better. They don't. You pray for God to take away a thorn in your side. He doesn't. Um, your greatest fear comes to pass. You know, all these, these scenarios. It's at that moment we have to remember he's not just our friend. He's not just our savior. He's not just our rabbi. He's, he's our God. And he knows what needs to happen. And we have to stay faithful. And, and I say this after, you know, not, not a, Insignificant amount of struggle with myself with this issue. Um, you've you've got to follow. You've got to believe. And on the one hand, do the best that you can to be honest in all situations. But if you do mess up, give yourself a little grace, because God certainly gives Peter grace. Um, I can't not find an example. Um, and certainly I haven't read it all, but a disciple rejecting a rabbi and never being taken back. So this may have been a, a new thing when Jesus later will restore Peter. And you guys know the story, right? Will you feed my sheep? Will you feed my sheep? So he, he undoes, undoes the divorce. Um, Peter was a good guy. He was a faithful guy. But he's he's like us. Sure. Yep, like we all are. I like to think Jesus was, to some, maybe a greater degree, protecting his disciples too, psychologically or. Whatever he was telling them, or whatever he was influencing them, that they were staying out of the picture because they were the future. They were gone with him. They'd all marched in and said, "Me too." What would have happened? Yeah. Waited for the next Messiah. Well. Yeah. Why do you think he chose that historical? out the curse. He, he, he could actually deny it without, without cursing myself. Kind of. Yeah, but... Oh, but it had so much more emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> so much more belief. And, and honestly, you know, forgive me, but um, we, we read a curse upon me. It's like a say, well, good morning. Thank you for joining us for another never-ending gospel lesson. It's uh, gospel infinity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's permanent. It's permanent. Um, yeah. It's it's our regular. But we're. Where where are we? We're chapter sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're fourteen. So how far do we have to sixteen? So somewhere around the end of school. Yeah, somewhere late twenty four.
I think we'll pick up Mark 14:66. Why do we do stupid things? Yeah. No, but that's what I say. Why, why do we do stupid things? Peter is going to do a very stupid thing. And again, this, I think, just hearkens to the reality of this night, this moment. Everything has gone sideways. It's all falling apart. Peter's trying to do something good, but it's, it's, it's a mess. So I definitely see myself in this. I, I hope you can too. Um, it's in those little things that we sometimes are very, very unfaithful. So big question for us to think about today. How do you honestly react when God doesn't do what you expect or want or even need? Honestly, how do you do that? Emotionally, behaviorally, what 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 do you do? So let's chew on that and get started with the scripture. So meanwhile, uh, Jesus is obviously going from one sham court to another. Um, he's going to be convicted no matter what he does, but he's in a sense, incredibly faithful, as we would expect. He's holding to the truth. He's holding to what it is. He's not playing their games. And in contrast, we have Peter was in the courtyard below. So Peter is outside the high priest Caiaphas's house. Now, how did Peter get there? Followed from a distance. Yeah. Now, the other disciples are there with him, right? No? So, on the one hand, Peter's trying, right? He's he's followed. Um, he's hopefully looking for his moment, right? He either uh, maybe could bust Jesus out. I don't know. You know, go go full on uh, Western and, you know, bust your friend out of the, the Huskow. Or maybe serve as a witness. So he's not just a complete coward. In fact, of all the disciples, you know, Jesus said they will scatter. Peter hasn't. Peter's still trying to be in this game. But he obviously doesn't have a plan. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. He's just sort of going on instinct, I think, here. And then the part that we all know well. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. So again, uh, a lot of commotion at the high priest's house. Uh, Jerusalem actually can be a little cold um, at night uh, in uh, early spring. So they've got a fire probably to to show everybody where to go, to keep things warm, and a servant girl. And I think this catches Peter off guard. If it had been maybe one of those worthless temple guards, or maybe uh, some smug uh, Sadducee, but it's just 
a little girl. It's and you know we can't say this in other circumstances, but it's not even a servant boy. It's just a servant girl. Yeah, it's just this. This is no threat to him, at least on the surface. She came by and noticed Peter warming himself by the fire. She looked at him closely and said, "You were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth." Now this is interesting. How does she know that, or how does she suspect that? Mm, yeah. Yeah. This has been a topic of conversation, apparently in the high priest's house, to such an extent that even the lowly servants, the servant girls, uh, kind of know. Oh, we watch out for that guy. Oh, well, there, there, there he is. Oh, we saw him. Uh, you know, I'm just speculating, but I wonder if she had been sent out to spy or. Um, there, there, there's a little more to the story that we don't get, but uh, certainly Jesus is making impact in Jerusalem. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And we, he just went into the entryway. Just then a rooster crowed. So realistically, what just happened? Yeah. Not for the first time a pushy girl caused a problem. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think, literally one of those things like a movie where you're trying to hide, right? And then the kid noticed you and said, you know, because presumably if the fire is there, who else is there? Yeah, guards, other people that are, you know, really not paying attention to you. And this girl's like, hey, aren't you guys from the poster? Um, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, uh, shh, go away, kid. Uh, what, what, what do you do? So what would have happened if Peter said, absolutely, I'm him's number one disciple? Yeah, he'd been arrested, drug in there. So obviously he doesn't want that, but does he want that? It would have been a whole different view of Peter if he had been in trial with Jesus. Um, but on the other hand, can you really appreciate just, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to get here. You know, I was just following. I, I, I got to figure out what to do. I need a minute. And she's bothering me. She's she's a kid. I'm probably um, overanalyzing this so you can disregard me. But I wonder if Jesus' comments about the children came back to Peter. You know, they had that episode where the rabbi shouldn't be bothered by children because they're kind of the least of these. And Jesus said, let them come to me. And then here, you know, I'm trying to be incognito to figure out what to do. 
and here is this girl, you know, shh, go away. But what should Peter have done? Yeah. I mean, this is this is hard, and I really want us never to view this as just reading a script. This is not just oh, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Right. No. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's this ugly reality of who we are, right? In the one moment we can give our lives to Jesus, and the next minute, uh, caught off guard, scared, upset, and will because of a girl, little girl, and the threat, deny him. It's a. It's the ugly side of of human nature. I wonder if he heard the rooster crow. Um, Obviously, it's getting uh, late in the night, early towards morning, and the Gospels will pick up that as morning comes, and 15, Jesus is hauled off. So this has been a long night, a shocking night. My says he began to weep, so I'm assuming he has publicly uh, denied Jesus. So what's, what's changed in him? Or what... What's, because this is where I really think Mark wants us to, to stir. How, how is this happening? Peter consistently has been the bold. I mean, he's the one that got out of the boat. He's the one that tried to cut the ear off. Um, he's been headstrong, jump in before. And now he's he's here, but he's hesitant. Yeah? This, his perception of what the Messiah should be, even though Jesus has told him countless times, all of a sudden, oh, now he just got arrested, doubt starts to creep in, and maybe I was wrong, and so he's just struggling with that, his worldview is finally collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right on. I don't think it helped matters at all that Jesus, or Jesus had stopped Peter from killing the guards. Um, he he's second guessing himself now, right? I I I don't know what 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 does he want? What does he want? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to decide, and you know, I'm suddenly being exposed. Um, what does it take for us to deny Jesus? Yeah. Maybe to some extent, the whole time he felt like he was a body. Yeah. There at the last minute, he's ready to go down on these soldiers. He just falls off. He's like, wait a minute, am I not the Right. What am I? Right. Well, that's really good. I, I'm going to steal that. Thank you. Um, Peter the bodyguard. Yeah. If you watch the Chosen, that's kind of 
Peter is portrayed as kind of the, I don't know, he's the snarky, conniving guy. Yeah. Too. But, but he's also always, where's Jesus? You know, let's go find him. Let's go find him. <laughs> you know, next time I preach a sermon, that's the title I'm using. Uh, from Eve to Peter, listening to women and the doom it causes. So <laughs> that'll be my last sermon series, by the way. <laughs> We're not recording this, are we? <laughs> 